Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Yeah, and we still are on the stream, too, just as a heads up. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, okay. No, we're not back. All right, now we're back. Sorry. A little technical difficulties. Um, I accidentally muted one of uh, my guests, and I didn't know how to fix it, and uh, I panicked, so we ended and got back in. <laughs> so, Jonah, go ahead and hit me with this carousel thing that's going on. What do you think? So, obviously, the uh, organizational situation for the Jags is interesting, to say the least, given everything that they've gone through with the whole Urban Meyer situation, and I do agree with Josh that I, I think they really, really want to get this right. Um, the thing that I wonder is, like, what are they doing with Byron Lefwich? Because, I'll be honest, I it w- Byron Leftwich to Jags was not exactly like one of my like you know a prediction or anything. I didn't really think that, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Okay, I could I could see that working. Like I, I mean, I think I think that'd be fine. Um, and then like word came out where he he wants them to get rid of, is it the GM? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, it's Balky. Yeah. Okay, Balky, and then hire. I think it's like. I don't remember their name, but like the it's VP Adrian of operations for the Cardinals. Yeah. Adrian Wilson. If you remember from, from uh, when he played in the Cardinals too. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I'm kind of, I'm 50, 50 with how I feel about that. On one end, I understand Byron's idea of coming in and he's like, look, we're not in the greatest spot. I want to make sure that we've got a good foundation that I think is going to work. It's kind of my mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And given the fact that the Jags are probably not in the best spots, I understand him wanting yeah. to do that. The, other issue I have though is that it's Byron Leftwich. It's a guy who does not have any head coaching experience in the NFL, and you kind of just gave the reins to Urban Meyer, and that mm. obviously didn't work. And while I definitely don't think a Byron Leftwich going the Jags will be an Urban Meyer 2.0, I do wonder how reluctant the Jags would be to kind of give the reins to them. So it's it's kind of back and forth. I hope they find e- even ground because I personally think Byron Leftwich to Jacksonville would make a lot of sense, and I think it could work. Um, not necessarily my top candidate, but I do think the fit is there. Um, so I hope it works out for them. Um, I, I'm not sure how your feelings are on Byron Leftwich, um, but I, I, I think it would work out. I think it'd be someone that could go in after just working with Tom Brady can go in and help out Trevor Lawrence. And I think the Jags honestly have talent on that roster. I don't think they are a number one overall pick team. I don't. I think they've got some stuff there to maybe not be a playoff team right now, but at least be a five, six, seven win team. And I think if you add talent, they're really not that far away. I think they've got some pieces. They just really need to get the coaching staff and they need to get the leadership together to really make it work. Yeah. I 100% um, agree with that. Yeah, we, we have some talent still. I think the Shaquille Griffin signing was really good in the offseason. I like that a lot. Um, but the good offensive line talent's getting a little older. Um, we did draft Walker Little, who, who was really good when he finally played. Cisco finally played. He was really good as a safety. Um, I... I didn't. I mean, I hated the Travis Etienne pick. Hated it. Still hate it. It was yeah, one of the worst yeah, things they've done. Yeah, that one. Like, uh, we yeah. were doing a live stream of that one, and we were yeah. like, "What the fuck is this? Like, why?" <laughs> no, I, I, I was on a live stream for that too, and it was, yeah, it was it, it, embarrassing is the word I would use. Um, uh, embarrassing. I hated it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked a lot of his other picks. So I'll say that. I mean, um, God, I'm totally blanking on the cornerback we drafted. God, he didn't play for a bit because he got hurt at the end of the season, but he, he was having a good year, too. Uh, I love Cisco, like I said before. Um, so I didn't hate the draft, and kind of feels like that's what Balky was there to do a lot. And he just kind of, you know, picked around in the offseason. We just picked some, you know, okay guys, you know, because we knew we weren't going to win that year. I think the whole organization knew we weren't going to win. So we just had some role players come in and see if we could fit. Now I have a lot of cap space. Now I've got another draft. We've got another, we got a season under um, under his belt for Trevor Lawrence. We're going to have a new coach. And I will say the Jaguars involved in way too much drama for a small market organization. We had Tom Coughlin, you know, getting all of the 2017 team to leave. Then he finally got rid of him a little too late. And we had Urban Meyer and there's another whole situation there. And now there's this whole carousel here with Balky because all the fans want him gone. And I feel like the fans are a little bit starry-eyed for um, for Leftwich because they crave going back to a better time in Jacksonville Jaguars history, uh, which I get. <laughs> I get it. I definitely do. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it just feels a little bit like that. Leftwich, I don't think, is a bad candidate, I don't think. 
it's so hard to judge offensive coordinators, especially. It's even hard to judge head coaches on how good and bad we really think they are because we're just not mm-hmm. privy to so much information, you know? Um, but, it's kind of hard to judge him because, you know, what what kind of credit is it going to take? Is he the one playing call, like, Colin plays mm-hmm. in Tampa? Right. How much of a credit is Tom Brady? How much of it is Bruce Arians? Like, how much has he absorbed from Bruce Arians and Tom Brady? And now is it going to translate, you know? It's kind of like one of those things of, like, who gets the credit where? Yeah, no, t- totally, totally. Uh, it, it, it's so hard to judge. Like, like, yeah, pretty much. But he he was like my fourth candidate. Yeah, I like I like Demond better. I think he I think he's pretty good. Um, I, I like him. I obviously liked Peterson. I think Caldwell was my two. I, I, I could go back and forth between him and Mond, but th- then it was then it was Leftwich. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like no one was interviewing McDaniel's either, and he would have been an interesting one for me too. But uh, I think he just got a maybe an interview. Someone requested an interview from the Raiders, maybe or something. Raiders, I don't yeah. remember. Raiders. Was it the Raiders? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he used an interesting name that I didn't really hear much about until today. Uh, so he was a guy I was interested in. But if we get left, which is good, we we can't keep the same. We can't keep this order. The the organizational structure is not okay. It feels like there's a big power struggle going on. A lot of the guys that you know, the guys that I trust on Twitter, that Jaguars Twitter trusts. Um, seem to be, it's always in Leftwich as Leftwich, but there's some little bit of issues with the contract and, you know, he doesn't like bulky. He wants a little more control of the roster. Like I think Josh was saying before. Um, but I, I forget which one, which one of you said it. <laughs> I'm so bad with you guys, but, um, yeah, I, I it, it just, it, it, it shouldn't be this bad for like, this should be a really desirable place. And it feels like we only got Leftwich to come in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I like Flores too. Flores should have been up there. I love Flores. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just feels like, why, why is there so much turmoil going here? We have, you know, like you said, good positions. We have the number one overall pick again. Like, this is a very attractive job with a lot of cap space and a, a lot of, uh, a lot of like, I think, talent that is maybe being misused or was just handled poorly by Urban because obviously Urban was a total garbage fire. So there's just a lot to like, and it's just really stressing me out that, like, there's so much drama where it should be easy. We should be giving the guy that, you know, didn't lead us to a pretty – bad year three and 14 um we, we can't give you know bevel another shot I, I mean he could be a coordinator i guess but just uh, we need we need a little bit of organizational tur- uh, turnover yeah we, we need some turnover mm. which is something i don't think a lot of people are happy to hear about generally in like the economy and the market and stuff like that but you know we, we need we need some turnover here it really something needs to, to clear house and khan has always been very um reserved in that regard he he, he doesn't like we kept marone for so long we kept Urban for even longer than he should have been too, but thank God he got fired that season or in the season. Uh, but it, it just it feels like it's just being too patient. And I like patient. I, I don't like organizations that just go and fire guys every year and just like ah fuck it, we, we fucked up. Give them some time. But it feels like this organization gives people too much time. Mm. But I don't. Uh, Jaguars Twitter hates Balky. Is he like Jaguars fans hate Balky? And I I don't. But the main issue that I have with him now and why I'm in favor of firing him is because it seems like the reports at least are coming up that he is the reason why we can't get head coaching talent. And that is just unacceptable. You know, uh, it's mm. unacceptable. So, Which is weird because I, I know even going back to last year before everyone was I hired, I think Jonah and I did like a head coach preview or whatever. And uh, uh, one of the ones that we were commonly saying was that Jacksonville is pretty desirable. Um, I've been there myself, and Jacksonville is a, a pretty like, great place like to live and grow up. You know, Yeah, no state taxes places. either. Yeah, no state taxes. You're pretty much got beaches everywhere, oh, and not only that, you're like, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you're not you're not like far away from like Miami or St. Augustine or even the Panhandle itself. If you felt like going to a different beach, I guess. But I mean, it's a great place. Um, I, my, I guess bringing up what you just said is it's just the organization because you do have some talent on that roster, like Jonas said. Um, obviously you have Trevor Lawrence, but I like DJ Chark. I like Chenault. Oh, you know, I, yeah, I Chark like though, he, he is under contract though, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll see if he stays with the team, but yeah, like you're saying, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. It's like, the, the, there's like writing on the walls of a potential, I'm not gonna say great, but there's something there, something can be built with that. And to me, it just has to extend to the organization itself. Um, they said bulky, but just from what I've seen from like, cause I've, I've been kind of like pseudo tracking Jacksonville, like through you pretty much. <laughs> But yeah. uh, from what I've heard about Khan himself is that he's not like really a football guy. So Malcolmson would be pretty much well, the owner himself because you know isn't he just mostly like a, a foreign uh, soccer entity pretty much and like, yeah, it was almost like his like his side gig pretty much. Not like a lot of hands in the organization. So if I want to start from a leader like leadership position on my team, my franchise, you know, it's got to start from up top. And if he's not you know fully into it, then why would I even give a shit about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. Totally get that. Um, th- there is that kind of issue, I think. But yeah, he does own the stadium where they, the Jaguars, where I think they all play. 
uh, in London or whatever. He owns, I want to say the mm. Tottenham Hotspurs. I think that's the team he owns. And he also is, like, he also pretty sure still runs his company. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But Tony Khan, his son, I believe, seems to be a guy who's pretty organ- organized or pretty passionate. People like him in Jacksonville. And I think he's got, obviously, his dad, or I, I forget if it's his dad, but I think it's his dad's ear. Um, and it seems like he takes over a lot of stuff, kind of like Jerry, right, and his kids and stuff like that and all that, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, that family dynasty and all that fun stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 um, it definitely, excuse me. Sorry, I got AirPod Pros. You guys have AirPod Pros, or have you had those before? Or, you know what I'm talking I about? Have, I don't have normal AirPods. I don't think I have the Pro versions. Dude, I got these. I got these from work because uh, I wouldn't pay for them. They're so expensive. But, like, they, the noise canceling is insane. I accidentally took one out, and I just heard noise just coming out of my ear that I never I, – I, I, I'm so sad. <laughs> so, sorry, it was just weird. It was just weird. I know it took us a little bit off topic there. Um, I forgot what we were saying. But, oh, about Shad Khan. Yeah, I mean – he looks. He's got a cool mustache. I like that. I like that when he was hired. But, um, <laughs> his inability to win games is frustrating for sure. Uh, they were also talking about possibly bringing in someone as like because we had Coughlin in this like special GM role that was not really the GM role when we had Jim Call. Jim, Cal- there's another Cal- Dave Caldwell was our GM before mm-hmm. uh, Balky. Um, and he had this kind of like weird role, or whatever. And he's also given the weird position to Urban Meyer too. So Jaguars organizational structure doesn't seem like it always works in like a cookie cutter way the way that other ones where it's like GM easy line of progression. And I think that creates a lot more havoc than it needs to. So I'm, I'm hoping they don't do that, but it's definitely something I've seen thrown out there, which is frustrating, but enough about the Jaguars. We have actual football still this weekend before we get the Pro Bowl, which isn't even, they don't even televise the good parts, but um, let's talk about <laughs> the games. Let's talk about the games. Why don't we start in the exciting, super exciting NFC matchup, the rematch, uh, the, the third rematch, or the, well, the second rematch, third time they're playing each other. Uh, we've got the 49ers and the, I was going to say the Packers, <laughs> and the Rams. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jonah, why don't, you, why don't you take this one first? All right, so I am, well, first off, I'm taking the Rams in this one because I, oh. they, they gotta, right? They gotta win I'm, it, I'm gonna right? I'm going to say real quick, yeah, um, if, you, if you want to, like, I, I do the lines here and the money line and I do the over-unders, but you you, you talk about whatever you want to. Okay, okay. Uh, um, yeah. So... The, the way I'm kind of looking at this is, yes, the 49ers have basically owned Sean McVay since he's been with the Rams for the most part. And they've won, I believe, six in a row at this point. However, yeah, six. based off of what we saw last year with the Saints and the Buccaneers, it is incredibly hard to beat a team three times in a season. And the Saints, for whatever reason, since Tom Brady's come over to the Buccaneers, the Saints have owned the Buccaneers. The, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure... Tom Brady has yet to beat the Saints as a Buccaneer. And last mm-hmm. season, lost to them twice, but was able to beat them in the playoffs. I think that happens this time with the Rams. I feel like they've got the, just to me, the better overall roster. I definitely think they've got the better quarterback. Um, I think the 49ers are going to have to rely on their defense um, mm-hmm. because that's kind of the you know big fundamental part of their team. I think their defense is better than the Rams' defense. But I just that's a hot take. I want to talk about that. Go ahead. So I'll put it this way. I think that the Rams defensive players could be better, but I think schematically the 49ers are just flat out better. And statistically, uh, based off the um, the season to this point, uh, especially with the playoffs, they have been better. Um, They've been better in yards allowed. They've been better in passing allowed. They've been uh, about the same rushing yard, only like less than point two of a difference. Um, So they're. I think their third down percentage is better. Fourth down percentage is better. So statistically, they've been better than the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think matchup wise, they're a bit better. Even though I definitely think clearly the um, the Rams have some some periods. They got Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ramsey. They're gonna have Rat back in the safety position. So they're they're gonna be better. Um, but I, I just I don't know. It's one of those things. Like I've had the Rams as my Super Bowl winner since before the season started. Um, and I Me think. Too. Hey, um, I have Rams Chiefs, actually. Uh, I don't remember if I had Rams Chiefs or Rams Browns. I had one of those two, I think. Um, but I had the Rams all the way. Uh, so I, I'm going to maintain that. Um, but I, I like the matchup. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And I think, obviously, the storyline of the 49ers consistently beating the Rams is going to be there. But I think Matt Stafford, I think this is his year. I think he showed last week on a national level just how good he is, in fact, in the sense of the Buccaneers. Had that comeback down 27 to 3, but then Matt Stafford made a gigantic throw, um, mm-hmm. made a big one to put them in position to win, which they were able to do. 
um, which also underrated storyline. It was with Matt Gay at kicker, who was the former fifth round pick for the Buccaneers. Why the Buccaneers continuously take kickers really high, I'll never understand. Um, but uh, it, cool for uh, him too. So yeah, I got the Rams, but I think it'll be a really good game. It's not my necessarily, may probably not my favorite game of the season. I think I like the Chiefs and Bengals game more because I think that'll be a lot closer than the experts think. But still, I think both these games are going to be real good. I, I'm looking forward to this one. Would you would you take the Rams uh, minus three and a half? Yes, I will take my I will take Rams minus three and a half. Okay, okay, cool. All right, what do you think, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking more along the same lines. And like you too, I had the Rams as my NFC representative in the Super Bowl, but uh, um, I, I I almost went with the 49ers because I almost wanted to give in to the okay, yeah, there was a reason why Kyle Shanahan just keeps on getting the best of Sean McVay. Um, I just don't understand why or how. And I wanted to go with, okay, so 49ers defense is getting better. It's not the best in the secondary itself. And I do fear that because Matthew Stafford can't sling it. But their front has been pretty great. Rams O-line is, is kind of old. Um, the thing that's, like, stopping me from going all in on that is whether or not Elijah Mitchell and Trent Williams actually play. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to check again. I don't think they practiced today either. So um, it's not looking like that. They're, they're looking to play. I, I think without – uh, Trent Williams, that's a, a big, you know, a, a factor into deciding whether I'm on, I want to go with the Rams or the 49ers. I, like Donut, I do think the Ram, like the 49ers defensively, I would say they're a little more well-rounded, whereas the Rams are top-heavy for the stars, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now Von Miller's actually starting to show up now, so. Um, yeah, he, he I, is one of the highest PFF grades, I think, of any pass rusher in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it came at a great time to actually start getting, you know, showing his former Von Miller himself, but... Uh, yeah, I think 49ers defensively a little more well-rounded, whereas they're not like top-heavy like the Rams are. But uh, ultimately, I sided with the Rams. I, I think this is like Jonah said, what are situations where it's like Saints and Bucks? Um, it's hard to beat a, t- a team two times, let alone three times. And with the Rams, I just feel like they have the, the momentum going forward. Now they got like a little bit of the monkey off their back. And I was saying this last week in our show that I kind of feel like the Rams they've met their minimum requirement of where they needed to be. In this season, that was making the NFC Championship. So I, I kind of feel like it's just, it feels like it's their time now. And I just feel like I like the Rams in this situation. Mm-hmm. You take the minus three and a half? I would take the four downers plus three and a half, but mm-hmm. I'm still saying Rams win. Yeah, I think I'm on that same boat. So I'm looking at the just the injury report and I see Bosa, Mack, Mitchell, Trent Williams, Jeffrey Wilson, all DNP. Um, but it looks like Mack and Bosa are just rest. At least that's what they're saying. Um, and then on the Rams side, uh, Jefferson's DNP, Greg Gaines, and Joe Noteboom. Noteboom? I don't want to say that case name. Uh, Andrew Whitworth was limited, which is good. Rap is limited, which I think is good, too. Um, because I, I, he's come out from concussion, and that was, yeah, bad. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, uh, there's a lot of interesting things here. Um, I will say, <laughs> I, being a Jaguars fan, um, I don't know if you know the story of the time the Titans beat us three times in the playoffs. It was the, or beat us three times in a season. It was our only three losses that entire season. So, oh, yeah, um, I that, yeah. Yeah, I want to cool say it was like 98 or something, or maybe it was like early 2000s, but it was, it was bad. Um, so it, <laughs> it can happen, especially for division rivals. I mean, obviously, if you're going to play them three times in a division, but anyway, um, yeah, it is, a, it certainly is, it can happen. And man, I mean, they beat them. Big early on San Fran. Like, I'm pretty sure it was 31-10 was the, the first time they played. That was a while ago, obviously, like a few months ago. And then we obviously remember Week 18, uh, where they came back and won. They can win in different ways. Like you said, I assume you both are big Shanahan fans, right? Because I am. I mean, I, I mean, like him, but I just have, like, an obligatory hate, you know, because he was a former Falcon. And it's like, we had that, and we couldn't. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I, I get that. That's fair. Maybe I don't bring up the Super Bowl source subject. I get it. Um, <laughs> but still yeah, yeah. I, look, I get it. I'm still every time I think of the AFC Championship game in 2017, I want to cry. So I get it. I get it. Um, hey, if it wasn't for a blown call, the Jags win that one. Just saying. Yep, definitely true. I get okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but no, I I think there's there's a lot here. Um, I'm curious, do you, do you guys think Jimmy's a good quarterback, or do you think this is a good matchup for Jimmy in the, in the, off- in the passing Ooh, offense? What do you think? All right, He's a so, good quarterback, but he hasn't been playing well. Yeah. Yeah. We had a conversation, actually, about this, and it's, like, it, it's crazy, because, like, to me, if I laid out my, like, top quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I legitimately don't know if I'd have him in my, like, top 20. Like, mm-hmm. just if I'm going, like, side by side. But he wins. 
which is like it, it then raises the question of like okay like how important are wins and it's like i understand a lot of people are like wins are like a terrible qb set i'm not saying that they're mm-hmm. a good one but they just keep winning and they find ways to win and you could say like oh it's because of this or this or this he's the starting mm-hmm. quarterback for it and this is a team that's like on the verge of taking them to two super bowls in a span of yeah. three years he so was injured last year too it was a yeah. good team last year like yeah so it's 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 really tough i mean i mean to me, if I'm looking at the QB matchup, I'm taking Matt Stafford all day, and I'm not looking back. But sure, totally. It, but it, I mean, it's, I mean, he's a solid quarterback. And the thing is, like, with the way that the 49ers are built, they don't need a superstar at quarterback. And it's one of those things where I, I struggle watching or reading some of these what these 49ers fans saying on Twitter. And you said I think something like this, like, man, Trey Lance better be freaking fantastic with how yeah, much y'all are hating on Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just like, I mean, I think he's a solid enough quarterback. I think he is a quarterback that in the right situation, which he's currently in, he could win you a Super Bowl. They were really close to doing it way back with the Chiefs until Patrick Mahomes decided to actually wake up in like the last quarter and a half. Um, so I think he's fine. I think he's solid. Um, I think he's an average to slightly above average quarterback, but he's shown that he can win games. He's shown that he can make comebacks in games, which is heck if you have the game on the line he's shown that he can win you that game so it's hard for me to criticize him that much mm-hmm. yeah. i forgot something to ask you jesse because this is something oh. we talked about um you know because we were talking about about how like all the storylines for the four remaining teams like super bowl wise and like how amazing is it that the 49ers like have a legitimate good chance to win the super bowl and if they did you know what happens because we already know jimmy g is not their quarterback so like can you think of a time to where the starting quarterback for the Super Bowl winning team was almost guaranteed to not be on the part of their roster by week one. Like, that's just wild to me. So, like, to me, it's yeah. like, uh, what is his value right now? Like, is he second rounder? Is he potential first rounder, depending on how he finishes? Like, you know, what what is his value right now? I I, I can't imagine it's super high. Um, what, I think they have an out after this year, unless I'm incorrect. Like, they might cut him. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, so I don't even know if they might trade him, but yeah, I don't think he's on that team. I just don't think he can be. And I think it's really dumb that I think he, sh- I, I don't know why, like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea why they traded up when they, when they have a quarterback who fits the system so well, who knows the system well, who has just proven it there has been super good. I, I just, I think there was no reason to like draft a quarterback th- three overall, but they did it and you kind of have to play with it. You, you have to do it. So you have to trade him. And I, I think a lot of the, the, the perception is that he's not the reason why, and he's like a system QB, and I don't think a lot of people like that. So I, I, I want to say the value will, won't get to first round. I don't think it will. Um, I think it's second, but like late second or a third round pick at, at that point. Because um, I think he's got to be the right system, so you maybe don't have too many options out there. It lowers the market, right? Um, I, I think people have a bad impression of Jimmy G. You know, his stats aren't superstar for what you want in the quarterback passing league. He's got a lot of talent around him, but he's a he's a good quarterback. And you know, you get him if you're if you're a quarterback away, uh, like like uh, Denver, they they could. I mean, I don't know if he'll fit well in Denver specifically. I'd have to think about that more. But you know, if, if you could if you can get him on a QB needy team that like just needs an above average quarterback that's not Teddy Bridgewater because he's like an average quarterback. Then uh, Jimmy G is definitely your guy. He's a, he's gonna take you to the playoffs for sure. He's not a loser. We know that. And uh, as long as you're you know at least uh, accentuating his needs, you know throwing the ball quick, you know quick easy reads for him to do, um, uh, you know drag routes across whatever you need to do with that kind of stuff to open up space for your other guys. But he he's God, I feel like I'm I'm rambling a little bit here in a bad way. But I I don't th- just to answer your question. Yeah, I don't think the value is is super high like first round. But I would go second or third. I I depending on the team, I'd pay for a first round though for him for sure. He's only That's thirty. Thing is like like what are those like back end like you know like first like first round mm-hmm. drafting teams like let's say like Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. the Steelers aren't exactly like real. High I was gonna say Steelers. I was gonna yeah. say Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. But not to say that I would do this, but like mm-hmm. what do the Titans think of Ryan Tannehill right now? Like how much of that offense? You know. So how much can you rely on Ryan Tannehill at this point? You know, how much of Arthur Smith was tied to his success? How much of Derek Henry was tied to that? So, like, I feel like there's plenty wow. of teams that are, like, drafting, like, mid-first round to, like, you know, high-end second round that could potentially, like, you know, tinker the thought of it. And a lot of that's really going to depend on how he performs because his last two playoff games, he hasn't exactly looked the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, you want someone who has, like, uh who, oh god oh so we got a commenter in chat my buddy Aton. um he's talking about the same scenario as alex smith and patrick mahomes 
Um, and then Alex Smith went for a second. So I, I, I would probably agree that's probably about right. Honestly. Yeah, that's what the actually conclusion seems... was that he was a second. Yeah, I, I think that's actually like super analogous. Like that definitely that definitely fits the best. Um, what else do I have questions for this one? Um, Packers, we talked about. I'm sorry. Do you think it's the Packers? Um, I I do. Oh my God, man, it, it it does it does feel like. I usually bet all of the games, and I bet a lot of games, but I can't put my I can't put any money on this game. I have no idea what's going to happen. Two division teams, their third matchup of the year. Like you said, McVay has been owned by Shanahan multiple times. I think Shanahan is a really good coach. I know you guys, you know, have maybe mixed feelings, but you you agree he's a good coach, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, without yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, people are crazy online. I think you know, he's got like a, what a losing record or some shit like that. Like I, I don't care. He's one way from the Super Bowl right now. He's always been a good coach. He has a great scheme offensively. He knows what he's doing. Um, that bothers me at least. That's the most bothersome thing about that. Um, yeah, like I, half the league's coaches aren't even like you know you can't even, like really name all of them. You None know, of them have like their own like significant like stamp or even like significant impact on the team itself. So Cal mm-hmm. Shanahan is easily like top seven head coach in the league easily. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I see I see some really weird shit, I think, from people that are just, like, crapping on it for no reason. And that bothers me a, a lot. It really yeah. bothers me. That's kind of like me with the people that say that Mike Tomlin's not a good coach. I'm like... Who says... Do people say that? That's Steel, Steelers fans. Steelers fans are That's saying that they, it's, like, I guess, I don't know if it's, like, the early playoff exits or what, but I'm like, man, y'all don't know what y'all have until you lose it. Like, Mike True. Tomlin is a fantastic coach. He has yet to have a below 500 record while with the Steelers. That is mind-boggling. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if, if you can if you can do that for me, like, for any franchise, you can keep, just keep getting in the playoffs like that. That's the most valuable thing. Even if you're not, like, the number one seed, that's just the most valuable thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that, that sure. blows my mind that people would I actually haven't seen that, but maybe I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, people are totally... And we mentioned it before about, you know, with Trey Lance and, and Jimmy G, we were talking about, like, people don't know how good it is until you get something new, you know? Yeah, yep. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, because if you look at any Mike Tomlin like, interview or clip, go look at those comments. They're guaranteed they're there. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this game? The over-under for it, I've seen, like, 45 and a half to 46. If you guys have an opinion on that, I'd be curious. Okay. I mean, I think it'll probably be a little bit lower scoring, so that, that makes some sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounds mm-hmm. exactly what I expected. Yeah, I, I always call those like lines from like 46, 47, 45 pussy lines because they're, they're they, I feel like the books, when they put that out, they have no idea what's going to happen. They have no idea what the score is going to be like. They just have mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. Um, and I agree because I have no idea either. I, I feel really good about my over-under picks, and we'll talk about that in the next one. But I, yeah, I just, I, I can't myself in good conscience. I want to take the over on that one. I, I feel like a lot of that yeah. has to do with the reaction of like, okay, so um, I, I think both teams can put up points. And I know I mentioned, you know, Jimmy G have not been that well recently. Let's think about the teams and the, like the locations that he's played at. Dallas's defense has been for real. Tough place. On the road, too. Next up, snow game in Green Bay. They, they can't really pass it anyways. I mean, Aaron Rodgers couldn't even pass it anyways. So, like, how much of that was Jimmy G actually being bad? <laughs> And we know what was the, the story, right, true story here. So, like, we get California, great weather, and we already know that he can't light it up against the Rams. So, I, I kind of feel like I want to take the over a little bit. And I think they've reached the over the past two, like, two or three times anyways. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I kind of want to go the over, like, on the over on that one. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I would agree with you, and I would also go with the over. Definitely not betting it. I take, I take San Fran plus three and a half, and I take the money line on the Rams to win. So I think that's where I'm at. It's just I would just I would take any any points in this matchup to be honest. So if if the Rams are getting points, I take them. You know, it's just it, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I, I'd hedge, I guess. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it in this game because it's just so confusing. Um, anything else you guys want to add about this game? No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I guess not. Perfect. All right, we'll go on to the next one. We've got Kansas City versus Cincinnati. Not that long ago, these team two teams played. I want to say week 16 or week 17. Um, so it was an important game, I think, for Kansas City trying to trying to get home field advantage and stuff. And obviously, Cincinnati was an important game. So um, yeah, let's hit it. Uh, I I want to say Jonah went first, so Josh goes now. But I don't know. Why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I I honestly I've been thinking about this game all week. So I, I, like 49ers Rams, you know, it's fun and all, but like I don't know. I just I, I can't like feel like I sit right with this one. You know, Kansas City, you know, offense is clearly great. They clearly gotten things down. Uh, mm-hmm. A different team than what they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, it seems like all the yips are gone. Patrick Holmes is actually, you know, <laughs> being a little more accurate now. But the Cincinnati defense has been improving a lot. You know, over the season, it was kind of hit and miss. 
Um, towards the beginning of the season, they actually had a, a solid good ground defense, run defense, but um, after that kind of tapered off. But then we saw last week they were put a stop to the Tennessee run game. And I know it was Derrick Henry's first game back, but even in uh, his absence, we saw Tennessee was still able to have a solid ground game, uh, depending mm-hmm. on you know whoever the running back was, Foreman or Hilliard. But I, I don't know. I just I don't think Kansas is really going to try on the ground. It's just a matter of like to me, this is so coin flippy. Um, you were saying you don't want to really bet on Fortnite as Rams. I I don't want to bet on this game. Um, okay. Would, would it change? Would, yeah, go ahead. Good. I think it's a matter of, I think this could be another Bills and Chiefs scenario. Not exactly saying it's going to be like a classic, you know, like like last week's was, but just another back and forth game. I guess it could be in like, a, like it was um, in the previous weeks whenever they did play off against each other. I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like the Bengals and their offense, they're not making a lot of mistakes right now. And I feel like while Joe Burrow is clearly not Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't have exactly the biggest cannon in the arm. He's not as mobile as him, but. Um, I would kind of say he has like a little bit more pieces at his at his side. I mean, you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and you have that as your three receivers. You have one of the best wide receiver tandems in the league. They mm-hmm. have Uzuma, who's been fantastic as a, as, a, as a receiving option too. And Joe Mixon's actually finally been showing out. So I don't know. Well, I, I will edge, say the. Mm-hmm. I was going to yeah. say my edge was going to be that O line because while it didn't show up last week. But both quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, were on the run a lot last week. And I don't think that uh, Burrow quite has that ability to quite get away. So and I, if I call, recall back earlier in the season, I don't think they had a, and Jones in that game, did they? Or did they have Frank Clark? Are there, I, I think they were missing some pieces I don't on remember. that defense. Mm-hmm. But now they're healthy. So I'm going to go with Kansas City's pass rush. I still think that booty is uh, that that defense is booty. It's ass. It's, it's, it's fucking awful. I hate how people are hyping up that defense when it's like it's so bad. But yeah, I agree. If they, I totally if they agree. do have anything, they do have a legitimate pass rush. That's about it. It's just they allow allow teams to pass them anyway. I just I don't know how people can say that that defense is good. But either way, I, I think a lot of this is going to rely on having you know Jones and Clark back, and I'm going to side with that. I still think it's a high scoring game, kind of coin flippy, but. I'll give that to the Chiefs. Yeah, well, the line is actually seven points. I don't know if you knew that or ever. Really? Like, huh? it's, it's a lot. I took, I took Cincinnati plus seven and a half already, so I already locked in. Um, and the I over-under is 54 and a half. I, I agree. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when, when Cincinnati beat them. It, it seems very weird. The score was 34 to 31. It hit plus 60 points. And the line last week was the same 54 and a half, and they killed that. Obviously, it took the overtime and the, like, and what, five scores. And better than the Bills right now. I agree. I actually think the Cincinnati's defense has been good all year. I was very, when they played uh, Minnesota week one. I was blown away by how how good they played against what mm-hmm. I thought was a good offense, and it turned out to be a very good offense. I think. So, um, yeah. I, I will a little bit disagree there, but yeah, I mean it, it's an underrated defense for sure. But I still think this goes way over fifty four and a half. I like Cincinnati plus seven, and I like Kansas City money line because Kansas City was my my uh, preseason team. I think I think you, everyone could do themselves good by just. Throwing money for Kansas City to make the Super Bowl every year, I think you'll come out pretty far ahead, honestly. Just throw 20 bucks on it, and you'll make money, I think. Just make the Super Bowl. Don't have to win it, but like, just make the Super Bowl. I, I think people would benefit from that. But, um, yeah, sorry. So I, that's that, that's where I'm at initially, but sorry. Uh, Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, so I really am interested in this game. I love this game. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I This is the one I'm looking forward to. When I saw that it was... Chiefs plus seven. I was like, oh, give me Cincy on that. Like, mm. I just, I do uh-huh. not. Like, so a lot of people are saying, oh, man, Chiefs are going to win by double digits. I just don't see that happening. I really don't. I think, I don't know if they're just still sleeping on the Bengals. Maybe after just like the high, because a lot of people are like, oh, whoever would have won the Bills, um, yeah, Bills yeah. Chiefs game, we're going to win it all or something mm. like that. I yep. think what people are just kind of having a high on that and really sleeping on the Bengals. I, look, the Bengals, and you, I mean, y'all have talked a lot, so I'm not going to try to repeat everything, but their offense is good. Their defense is good. Um, and I, I've been kind of clamoring this for weeks now, but I think Zach Taylor deserves a ton of credit that he's just not getting. Um, he's been yeah, done a very good, good job. He's done a very good job this season about putting the team in a good situation and keeping Joe Burrow, who I think the, Joe Burrow's best thing that he has is his intelligence. I mean, I don't know if people had heard, but apparently at one point, his headset on his yeah. helmet broke, so he just started calling plays. Like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, yes, Joe Burrow's smart enough to do that, but also you as a coach have got to put your quarterback in a position where they can do that confidently. And mm-hmm. they've done that. So credit to Zach Taylor, credit to that team to getting him to this point. We kind of were talking um, last week on our show about like how like have they overachieved based on everything. And like, I mean, based on preseason expectations for sure, but right now they are a good team. This is not a fluke at this point. This is just mm-hmm. a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my head is telling me one thing and my gut's telling me another. My, <laughs> my, my head is telling me to pick the Chiefs because the Chiefs, I mean, like early on in the season, uh, and I, I will still stand by this. At one point, I didn't have them as a top 10 team in the league because they were mm-hmm. struggling so badly early on. The offense was causing multiple turnovers. The defense couldn't stop anything. Um, but they're playing a lot better. The defense, like Josh mentioned, has got that pass rush going, which I think is the way they're kind of built. They're built to withstand like a lead or a shootout. I think that's kind of where they work. Um, so we've seen that succeed. And right now the offense is not committing as many turnovers, and they're having those explosive plays. But, man, my gut wants to go with Cincinnati. It, it's just uh, – I. I look it's it's not crazy it's really not crazy at all they beat them this year they played them really well like yeah. I, and yeah. like that's the thing is that I've seen people being like like oh I really think the Cincinnati can beat it and it's like that's no surprise we've already seen it like what are you talking yes. about yeah the AFC Which, isn't as you know and you know it's not as close as it was when the Patriots were dominating like it's, it's right. open it's definitely yeah. open yeah, and I think, I mean, I think I do think there's a big difference between regular season and postseason. And the one thing that this Chiefs team does have over the Bengals is that they got that postseason experience. They've been mm-hmm. there. Patrick Mahomes has been here. Kelsey's been here. Hill's been here. That coaching staff has been here. No one on the Bengals, Bengals have been here, and no one of them have had success. So it's it, that's a thing. Do, do you think that, theoretically, like, the college, like, championship and all that stuff could uh, get, uh, confer some of that kind of – you know, I mean, you know, advantage maybe or not advantage, but just like that kind of feeling or I think for Chase and for Burr, I think a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, I, I definitely think it's on a different scale, but I mean, totally. they have gone through a championship. They went through the college football playoff. They've been through that and they've had success. They know what at least that atmosphere is a little bit like. Now, the only difference to me compared to something like this is, you know, let's just if we want to say AFC championship is the equivalent of like the first round of the playoffs. The playoffs for college are all on neutral sites. Mm-hmm. In this case mm-hmm. scenario, you're going to be in Arrowhead, which is one of the toughest places to play. So it'll be, you know what? Whatever. I'm going Bengals. I'll go Bengals outright. Why not? Hit it. I'll take it. I'll take Cincinnati. I mean, it's one of those things like maybe it's just they're that dark horse. They're that crazy story. And it'd be tough for them to get back. But sure, I'll take I'll take Cincinnati. I feel like right now, just in terms of looking bottom Top to bottom, in terms of complete, both offensively and defensively, you could argue I think they're a little bit better. So, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I think Chiefs are more explosive. They got probably, you could argue, more talent, even though I definitely think the Bengals are c- crazy talented. Mm-hmm. But sure, you know what? I'll go Bengals. I'll go Bengals. Yeah. Um, the offensive line for, for um, Kansas City is really good, though, I think. They've got a yeah, lot of they talent. Are. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a huge advantage for sure, um, especially when you got guys like Oh God! Is Trey Hendrickson still on the team, or did he get Trey? Was he on? He was on the New Orleans, and then went to Cincinnati. Yeah, or Cincinnati? yeah, yeah, that's Cincinnati, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I mean, they got good edge rushers. I like both their edge rushers, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I do like both of them. So I mean, that's that's going to be, I think, a lot bigger. You know, you got Clark on the. Uh, I want to see. He's the, is Clark the DT, and then the outside is Jones, or is it the other way around? I forget. Uh, I, think, I think Jones is the DT, and Clark's on okay, the outside. Yeah. But they they got good pressure up the middle too. Or they got yeah, good yeah. Pressure. So I, I think I think that might be not like a deal breaker, but but very close. But man, Joe Joe Burrow is. Um, the top five quarterback easily for me. So I, 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 I love him and, uh, he's playing Mahomes, like it. yeah, Mahomes is my number one quarterback uh, still. Cause he's the best. It's, I think it's unequivocal and you were right. You know, they, they, it was in the middle of the season looking a little weird, uh, for sure. And I think it was a lot more on the weapons than on Mahomes, but cause Mahomes was playing, I think good or like very good, but he, in order to like get rid of that, he needs to be elite all the time, you know? And he just mm-hmm. wasn't that. And the bills beat him. I mean, they, they yeah. lost a, um, I was going to say San Diego again because I still can't shake that, but the Chargers um, in that little stretch. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely fallible for sure if they're not completely up to speed. But it is playoff football. It is an arrowhead. It is Andy Reid playoff football. I, I feel I feel pretty good about um, Kansas City winning it. But they're definitely like – I mean, for the – like if you were to put a bet on it, they're, uh, Cincinnati is plus 295 money, uh, money line. That is – 
that's nice. I like I like that a lot. Uh, I think that's good value because I think there's like a 30 to 35 to maybe 40 percent chance this is a Bengals victory. And like we said, for all the reasons we've listed, we've listed a bunch of reasons. But yeah. Um, do you guys like the over here? 54 and a half or is that too much for you guys? Yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I mean, yeah, it, it's like one of those things where it's like it's like uncomfortably high, but it's dude, it's, it's, it's my the theory for the Bengals. <laughs> dude, this is my theory. Like, I, 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 I mean, maybe it's not a theory, but I think, you know, uh, Vegas can't put the line exorbitantly high. They need to make it reasonable ish, like in a range from like, I think the range they have usually is like anywhere from like, you know, normally like 38 to like 54 is the range. And if they go out of that lower than that or higher than that, it just, it becomes too juicy and it becomes probably too, too bad for them. So I think in like a game they predict to be really, really high scoring, they can't get to like that, like, you know, almost 60 thing. And I think that's likely where it ends up, you know, like, I don't think I've ever seen a line that's higher than, and I've been doing this for a while, but a line that's higher than like 55, 56. So I, I I'm definitely on board for the over. I bet it already. Um, and it's just, yeah, I, I, I think just Vegas can't go that high. And anytime Vegas does do it super high or super low, I go under if it's low and over if it's high. I think if you do that, you probably have a better chance at winning if you just didn't know anything, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's my but concern. What feels weird is like when I'm thinking about it, it's like, can I see either of these teams scoring less than 27 points? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I have a hard time believing that they, I don't know. I, I feel like 27 points is almost a guarantee for both the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, he said the line's 54 right now, and I'm like, okay, 27-27. I kind of feel like both teams can, I'm not going to say easily, but almost easily get to 30. I mean, they, they can just strike so fast, too. That's why I liked it for the Bills exactly. uh, game, too. Because they could just, I mean, and we saw it, too, at the end of the game. They could just go fast. They could just go really fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right. Anything else we want to add about that game, guys? Just looking forward I, to I, watching it. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I honestly really hope that the Bengals do pull it off. I'm not one of those people that thinks that I'm tired of the Chiefs or anything, but like I think story-wise, I would love to see Joe Burrow like not only get to the Super Bowl but win it too, like to go on from being a walk-on and mm-hmm. then go get a national championship and then go to his team and it's like, oh, you know, he was part of this great offense at LSU. It was, it was all about the pieces around him. That's why he succeeded. And mm-hmm. now that he doesn't have an O-line and like yeah, he does like the offensive like pieces there, but like just to see him like succeed, I feel like that'd be like one of those like great like. Uh, rags the riches story pretty much you know mm-hmm. go on for me to walk on and win a national championship and then the super bowl in the span of like what three to four years i think that'd be yeah. incredible that i uh, definitely definitely root for that storyline i think too because the chiefs will be back and i like i like i think you guys mentioned um I, I don't think the Bengals are like a one and done i think this is i don't think this is a fluke either um defenses are hard to keep year to year though sometimes especially if they're not like elite yeah. which can yeah. be a little tough but the offense is so good like, like you guys said it, it, it might not matter at all like we look we talk about the chiefs so um it, it's james be... is a free agent here isn't he who is sorry uh james for the Bengals. oh oh james wait sorry who is it i pull him up I want to say he's Jesse, a free agent this year. Jesse Bates? Are you talking about Jesse Bates? Oh, yeah, Bates. Sorry. Yeah, 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 Jesse Bates. Yeah, he, he is going to be a free agent. Um, Yeah, I think they tagged him last year or something. I forget. But yeah. Pay him some, the money. Yeah, it definitely should. He'd be my number. He be, might be my number one free agent, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so, that's the other thing. It's like the Bengals are young and good, and they have so much cap. Like, I'm not going to say so much, but of all like the remaining eight teams that we saw last week, they have the best cap situation. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. young. Cincinnati is known for being extremely conservative, not really going after or even like making trades or anything. This has to be the time where they actually start making moves. Yeah, no, fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree for sure. Um, all right, guys, I think that's, I think that's good for for this podcast. What do you guys think? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, all right, nice guys. Talking. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't do it at the beginning. I, I fucked that up, but I think my audience should know who the JJ Talks crew is. But why don't you throw it back again? And um, yeah, and then we're good. You got to plug your stuff. Sorry, plug your stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I was exposed okay. there. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you for joining us for JJ Talks. Uh, I'm Josh. I have Jonah here. We're both the host of it. Episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at JJ Talks Pod. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We do our previews, reviews of the games, recaps, and any news that happens dope guys um we'll definitely have you back on or I'll, i say we it's just me here uh, i'll definitely have you guys back on definitely talking draft stuff because if i I'm, I'm very interested um we can talk about malik willis and we can talk about uh other stuff <laughs> at some point but yeah all right thanks for coming on guys i really appreciate it all right all right nice no thanks. thanks for having us peace
Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. Uh, we've got another guest, or rather two guests. The first time in 2022 we'll have two guests on the podcast. We're joined by our old friends, Josh and Jonah. What's up, guys? How's it going? Doing good, man. Glad to be back. Hey, not so bad, man. It's been, uh, been a minute. It's It's been a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I took the 2021 season to just, it was just me on the pod. I, I had a good time doing that. The schedule was just like, you know, I watch the games, I rewatch the games, I talk about it on Thursday, and rinse and repeat going forward. And I feel like that was good. You know, it's hard to line up people's schedules, especially on Thursday with the, with the game and everything. So it's just kind of, and I need all the time, like Monday through Wednesday, you know, to like, um, like watch all the games, you know, rewatch all the games and stuff. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. just a hassle, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's a busy time for me at work too. So I am not super excited to be scheduling meetings and scheduling all that shit outside of my work stuff, you know? So uh, that's where I'm at. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we got some, we don't, we don't usually do breaking news on this podcast. Or we don't normally do like, um, you know, update stuff. I'm usually more, a little more, gra- I don't want to say grounded, I guess, but a little more, um, I, I like have my stuff coming into the week, but we got some coaching news and I figure it's a good time to talk about it. We only have two games on the slate, so... Um, I guess we can go over the Matt Eberflus. I'm going to call him Eberflus because um, that's how I'm going to pronounce that name. Um, but what do, you, what do you guys think of the hire? Because he's a DC, um, and that raised some red flags with people, and I'll just, I'll just let you guys take it. Jonah, if you want to hit it first, go ahead. Yeah, so I I don't know. I, I kind of expected Brian Flores was going to take that job. That or the Giants one were kind of the two spots I thought would work out very well for him. So I kind of was a little surprised. I felt like... Not that I thought that Matt would be a bad candidate, but it kind of was like, kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, but like looking at you know what he's done with Indianapolis, I don't necessarily hate like a defensive coordinator going to that spot. I'm really interested to see who he selects as their offensive coordinator because mm-hmm. I think that really is going to depend on how well Justin Fields progresses. And I think that the Chicago Bears still have a lot of talent on defense, so I feel like he's going to have a very nice defensive group. And he'll have some nice fundamentals for them going in. So I think their defense should remain fine. All of this depends just to me on how what what type of coaching staff is he going to put together to help out Justin Fields because it's the offense that the Bears have been struggling with for God knows how long. So <laughs> I, I think they've got the quarterback there. I do believe in Justin Fields, but I do think that he needs to have a good supporting staff around him, not just in terms of the coaching staff, but offensively. I mean, they're going to be losing Allen Robinson. And they've still got some other pieces there, but I do think they might want to try to... I'm not entirely sure what their cap situation is, but maybe delve into the free agent market. There's a ton of really good wide receivers on the free agent market they could try to get. So get something there and get a good offensive coordinator hire, and I think I think they'll be fine. I don't hate it, but to me it's just one of those, like, I'm not going to praise it or demolish it at this point. It's more of a wait and see. If he gets the good coaching staff around it, I'll be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, that's it took a lot of the words... Uh, out of my mouth, uh, but uh, Josh, what do you think? To me, it sounded just like a Chicago Bears hire. I mean, it, we, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like they took a chance on Matt Nagy, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, he could, he could expand on the offense and stuff. Hopefully, he brought over that Andy Reid kind of style of offense, maybe. And once that didn't work out, clearly in the end, they were like, okay, we need to go back to our signature, our blue-collar ways, and just play tough nose football. And they specifically mm-hmm. went after a defensive coordinator, a defensive mind, a head coach. Um I'm not too dire on it. I'm not. I'm not too like. I would prefer to have an offensive coordinator or something, an offensive minded head coach as my head coach uh, personally now. But one of those is going to like completely rock them forward. I mean, we, we've seen a couple of defensive coordinators pump in, and you know they let the offensive guy you know do his thing and uh, let his let his say in. You know, let, let them get their word in and whatever. Um, yeah, I kind of like Jonah. I kind of thought that Brian Flores might be the, the guy for this job, or even to a point, uh, Brian Dable, but. I don't know. It just to me, it just screams like a Chicago move to go after a defensive coordinator. And with Indianapolis defenses, uh, they have been better recently, um, especially you know during the the Peyton Manning eras where they pretty much had no defense at all. Um, yet I, I would say that they've definitely progressed. And with the pieces that Chicago has, I do like that. It, it, it makes sense. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of like on the fence of like you know I'm not I'm not I'm not loving it. I'm not hating it. This is one of those where we just have to be like. Uh, Okay, you hired that guy. I guess we just have to play the waiting game and see what happens. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can echo a lot of what you guys are saying. I, I agree with a lot of that. Defensive coordinators always feel super cringe, super weird um, coming into like stuff. But they did have Nagy, who was the offensive. He was an offensive coordinator before that, I believe, and he was offensive minded. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I want to say that, right? Was he? Was where was he before? Do you guys remember? I don't remember. Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, it was Kansas City. I thought so. Okay, cool. All right. I didn't want to say it and sound bad, but there it is. Um, Yeah, you know, they went the other way, but I wonder if just, like, the Bears need, like, a Lovey Smith or someone like that who just, you know, wants to run the ball a lot and uh, plays good defense. And I'm excited to, like you guys said, uh, to see what Iberflus can do with uh, the Bears defense because there is a lot of talent there still. Um, Quinn's mm. on contract for one more year. They've been out with Mac, but there's no way you take that at this point. He's not old enough to do that, I don't think. Um. Uh, they'll probably lose Akeem Hicks. That should free up some cap space. They'll lose Allen Robinson. That should free up some cap space. I want to say that they might have a decent amount, honestly, but definitely some host holes to fill. Now, what is interesting, and I just mentioned the guy I want to talk about a little bit here, is do you think there's any chance that with the organizational shift in the Bears, new GM, new head coach, that they try and retain Allen Robinson? I, it's, okay, I guess my, the way I see it, would they try? Maybe. If I'm Allen Robinson, I'm getting the heck out of there. I th- <laughs> I think he's done with Chicago. I think there are several spots that I think he would be more of a bit of a focal point. Um, I've been kind of clamoring for Allen Robinson to the Patriots on our podcast forever now, so I really like that fit to me. Um, but I just, I don't know, I think they could attempt to, but at this point it might be just better for both sides just to, you know, see if the grass is greener on the other side. I definitely think, though, Allen Robinson just wants to leave. Yeah, I can see that, too, um, for sure. Josh, what do you think? You know, I guess coming in, I think it was one of the things that you would have to expect that he was probably going to be gone or just not want to be part of the team in general. Um, to me, if we're talking recency, um, I would imagine it was like a situation where it was like Matthew Stafford with the Lions, you know, pretty much just like, hey, get me out of here. And, you know, they, they got a new regime in, and he asked them politely, like, hey, can you help me out? And I guess it was just in, mm. in their best favors to just look afterwards and help him out and then, you know, that kind of favor, you know, don't make his, uh, his stay in Chicago on a, on a bad note. You know what I mean? Like uh, don't let this like final season, you know, be just a final stroke and just, you know, forget it all together, you know, make amends and ship him off to somewhere where he actually wants to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. Just a little devil's advocate stuff is that like you talked about before, there's going to be a lot of good wide receivers on the market. Um, Alan Robinson's coming off a pretty down year like do you really want to hit free agency like right after you had like not a great year where it kind of feels like you gave up on your team like you said you know godwin Gallup. there's a lot of guys out there who potentially could be out there uh, and maybe some trade pieces too like michael thomas and dk metcalf and stuff so there might be a lot of wide receiver movement and i wonder if that makes him rethink but i, I mean I, I do agree with you guys just that he's done with chicago and he's out of there and he's a free agent anyway he's not going to sign his tender if they franchise him again there's no way yeah. so yeah i understand that it just it feels like you know there, there's like a 5%, 2%, maybe less than 1% chance, but there's a, there's a non-zero chance, rather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. What I wanted to know was that, uh, I had to, like, you know, bar Jimbo, like, as okay. far as the head coaching hire and stuff, you know, I, I want to know how much of this was expressed interest in Chicago and whether their ability to actually land one of those top head coaches or those top ha- uh, candidates, you know, um, mm-hmm. Do head coaches feel as if Justin Fields is not their guy? Do not believe in him? Is this a situation to where there's, on top of that, coupled with they don't have a first-round pick this upcoming season? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also looked at the Chicago Bears cast face. It's not one of the best ones out there either. So it's kind of like one of those situ- situations to where they're trying to uh, rebuild, you know, an already flaming car. You're trying to put a new wheel on it maybe. So I, I kind of want to know what – kind of situation that head coaches are looking at Chicago right now. How do they view that in their window? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I feel like the defense is kind of settled. So you kind of have to come in with the, with the defense kind of being what it is. Like, I don't expect much movement um, just generally with like contracts or just additional players. But I think the offense definitely can be remolded. I mean, you've got, when I say that, I kind of just mean like the wide receivers, I guess. But like, you know, you've got the quarterback there who you've got to accept, like you said, and you've got two good running backs. I believe Gilly Herbert is a really good running back. So um, and Montgomery should be off his rookie deal next year. So no reason to pay him. Um, but I mean, the wide receivers are pretty wide open. What you got Mooney? I mean, and you got, uh, I mean, I, I like the tight end Cole Komet, but like you, you can do yeah. a lot when Jimmy Graham is gone. You, mm-hmm. know? you, you mm-hmm. can do a lot of stuff with that offense, I think. Um, cause it definitely doesn't have an identity yet and it's got a lot of pieces. So I feel like it's a definitely a challenge. And I think, I forget which one of you mentioned, but definitely interesting to see who brings in the OC. Um, that is mm. huge, obviously, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things where they've got the pieces there to not be as dreadful as they have been the past couple seasons. Like yeah. it, it, it's one of those things with how good their defense could be. 
if you could get this offense to be about a league average offense, probably maybe top 18, top 17 in total offense, mm-hmm. that to me with the potential of like a top 10, top 8 defense, you could potentially, especially considering the turmoil you could potentially have in the NFC North next season, you could get to the playoffs with that. I, I definitely think it's a possibility. Oh, so it, It's seven teams too. Like I, I know it's been a few years when we had seven teams and stuff like that, but like it it's... <laughs> there's a lot of room for teams to make it. I mean, the Saints almost yeah. made it this year, right? And I mm. don't think they were a playoff team, really, you know, especially with all the injuries, too. But, like, you know, there's there's a lot of room to do that. Nine wins will get you there for the most part, right? You yeah. know? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think you're I think you're spot on there, the Bears. And, you know, the division, we don't know what it's going to look like with Green Bay. Um, Ooh, uh, I mean, Detroit, uh, you know, there's there's a bunch of random sh- – I mean, is Kirk even going to be the, the quarterback for the Vikings next year? Like, they did draft a quarterback, if if everyone remembers him. Kellen Mond, I believe. Mond, yeah. yeah. In the Kellen third Mond. round. I mean, what a saw... <laughs> do you guys like Kellen Mond? Is I mean, a, is this a pro Kellen Mond podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy with Kellen Mond. Um, I yeah. would have liked to. I mean, I even mentioned in our one of our last episodes for the last week, I'd like to see him. And then it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get a good feel from the last coaching staff on how good he's actually been. Um, I thought it was a good pickup at the time when they selected him in the draft. But it's one of those with the new you know, new GM that just they just hired and the new head coach coming in depends on how they feel about him. I don't know if he's going to get a legit shot, um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it goes to the whole, yeah, definitely just up and up and flux thing for sure. I, I, I feel like it'd be hard to not succeed with uh, with Justin Jefferson, but that is a conversation for another time, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 certainly interesting. I'll say that. Um, so we had another hire. Uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, who is actually the Jaguars' ex-offensive coordinator. Um, I didn't know that. I did get him confused, though, with Penn State quarterback Hackett, and I forget his first name, but that's okay. Um, what did you guys think of this hire? Uh, we ha- I'm going to have Josh go first, because Jonah went first last time. Go ahead. You know, I honestly couldn't tell you that much about him. I mean, you said he was the former Jags' offensive coordinator, right? Yep, from 2016 to 2018. Okay. Uh, yeah, honestly, I couldn't even like tell you that much, but, but what I will say is that, you know, um, with the team and the roster that Denver has, you know, you have to have some sort of self-awareness. So, you, you know, you have a, a pretty good defense, a well-rounded offense aside from the quarterback. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that Denver is trying to go all in somewhere. And I would imagine that you're trying to hire, you know, a, a head coach that can get like this offense going. So, I mean, if they see it with, with him, then I guess, but to me, it's like, how much can we really judge the like, Jags offense from 2016 to 2018? And, you know, how much can that be translated into, well, was it scheme? Was it a scheme situation? Was it, you know, a, a, a skill position, you know, kind of thing? You know, what, I, I, how does it really translate? So it, I, I don't really, honestly don't know how to feel about it. So I'm not going to front you on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's fine. Totally fair. I mean, he, he is like an OC with no head coaching experience, right? Uh, at least at this level. Um, I don't actually don't think at any level. I'm um, just looking real quick at his stuff. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. So yeah, definitely his first shot here. Um, uh, Jonah, what do you think? So this one is very fascinating to me for a few reasons. One of them being obviously he's just coming from being the um, offensive coordinator for the Packers. You can mm-hmm. argue how much of a big impact he had, obviously with play calling and all that stuff, given you know Matt Lafleur and everything. But you can also not deny that that offense, in terms of being fairly well-rounded, has had some success, unless they play the 49ers in the playoffs, but that's a different thing. (laughs) Um, Over the past few years, they definitely had a lot of success as an organization, so that's something you can take away. Um, And I actually have a quote here from George uh, Payton, the GM for the Broncos, and one of the leading quotes that they had when they were talking about hiring him. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is a dynamic leader and coach whose intelligence, innovation, and charisma impressed us from the very start of this process, end quote. So apparently he pretty wowed him in the interview. But to me, this 100% makes me wonder, is Aaron Rodgers going to Denver this offseason? Because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that the— That is the question. That is the yes, question. Yes, and I mean, look, you just hired the offensive coordinator for the Packers. You know that Aaron Rodgers, especially given how they just ended, you got to think he's gone. So— if you put, and maybe this could be a hot take, I don't know, but if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos right now, not only is that a playoff team, you could make an argument that if their defense continues to succeed as they did, that they could be division winners next season. I, I truly dude, believe that. I, dude, go farther. Go farther. You want to go farther. Go farther. I, 
I mean, look, I'm not gonna go all the way to say the Super Bowl winners, but, but I, I, fuck you, no, I'll say it. They could be Super Bowl. They could be Super Bowl contenders. All right, all right, I'll, for all right, sure. All right, it's not I mean, realistically, you know yeah. I mean, you got I mean, a Hall of yeah. Fame quarterback, and that offense has the pieces. We know. We know Cortland Sutton can be good. We know Jared Judy can be good. We know mm-hmm. no offense there. They have a dynamic, or you know, running back duo if they decide to keep Gordon. And don't don't yet, select Tim Patrick either. Don't don't. Oh yeah, Tim Patrick. Very KJ Hamler too. They got a lot of weapons. They got a lot. They do. Sorry, and now, the yeah, one I mean, thing that I will kind of – go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, everyone has been saying this over the past year or even like a year or two now. The Broncos are one of those teams that are like practically a quarterback away from being legitimate contenders. Everyone knows that. Everyone's been saying it. So you land Aaron Rodgers. Like, of course. Like, yeah, no one on that team is Devontae Adams. But, you know, it was not like, it's not at like Green Bay has like the best like wide receiver tandem right there. It's pretty much Devontae Adams or bust pretty much. So you give Aaron Rodgers, Sutton, and Judy, and Patrick, you know, list all the names again. Like, what's what's stopping this team right now? Because we already know in that division alone, the Chargers don't have that much of a, a defense all, all right now at the moment. Uh, Kansas City's defense is ass. And the Raiders, I would probably say they're the best uh, pass rush, you know, as long as Bosa's not playing for the Chargers. But, um, yeah, well, no, we totally, know their totally. defenses are kind of questionable. So, I mean... Uh, like I said, Broncos are clearly one of those teams that are like a quarterback away, and it's yeah, it's not close. <laughs> yeah, I can agree. Sorry, God. Um, but yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, I just there's also the thought, which I I kind of want to shoot it down a little bit, but a lot of people are thinking, oh, him and Devonte Adams are a package deal. I'm not sure if you go to the Broncos financially how that makes sense, uh, because. Obviously, yeah, totally getting agree. Aaron Rodgers is going to cost you a lot. And Devontae Adams, for my money, is the best wide receiver in football right now. So he's going to cost something. And when you've already got all those receivers we just mentioned and you just gave out extensions to yep. Sutton and Tim Patrick, yep. I don't see how you can get Devontae Adams as well. But realistically, I don't think you need him because you have three stud young receivers. So I I feel like that team, if you take Aaron Rodgers there, it's a fantastic fit. I think they become legit contenders automatically. And I think the fact that you just hired his offensive coordinator, it's just, it's going to make all the rumor mills just spin for this entire offseason until he actually ends up going somewhere. True. Very, very true. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I would, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. That's, that's good stuff. Um, I, I, what I would give though, to see Aaron Rodgers or the Jerry Judy, man, I would, Ooh, I would please. just love that. That would oh, just make please. me feel so good, dude. I would, I'd be drafting Jerry Judy in like the top, like the second round, probably at that point. Maybe I don't even know. I, I, I could go crazy with that. Um, I mean, that Jerry Judy, so like, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the size of Devontae Adams, but the route running, they're almost yeah, parallel, I, so it, I, yeah, it, it would fit so well. So, so we we talked about Aaron Rodgers maybe moving with Nathaniel Hackett, but what about Jordan Love? Is there any chance that he gets moved, maybe? To to, to Denver, I mean, to Denver. Um, I don't think wh- so. Well, it's one of those things where it's like the that that obviously is with the caveat that Aaron Rodgers stays. You know, they they sign him to some yeah, type yeah. of extension or whatever. I just don't. I mean, maybe you take it because really at that point, if you are gonna extend Aaron Rodgers, like I mean, you could kind of make an argument Jordan Love is already expendable, but he's definitely expendable in that point. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, maybe if you're the Broncos, you decide to throw a bone and just say, all right, let's see. But that's, I mean, obviously Nathaniel Hackett's with him all the time. He could say like, okay, this is like legitimate chant or no, Goody was an absolute ridiculous idiot. Why the heck did he draft him in the first place? So if he believes anything at all, because I mean, realistically, we've only seen Jordan Love in one game and in terms of starting and he wasn't exactly that impressive. I don't think, yeah. So I'm a Jordan Love truther too. And it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it would really cost much for you to get him anyways. I mean, he's got, I think, what, two years more to use on this deal, plus a fifth-year option if you decide to take it. Mm-hmm. And just given everything, I don't think it'd be that expensive. So if you wanted to throw a bone and say, here, we'll give you a fourth-round pick for him or something, that's what you basically traded up to get him is a fourth. So get him a fourth, maybe you can do it. But I'd almost rather just them take a different – if you can't get a veteran quarterback, just take one in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this draft class has – uh, maybe four good quarterbacks, five good quarterbacks so far. It's it's got a lot of talent, and I mean next year should have possibly two or three like top talents too. So I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out, or at least I, I haven't done like my full research on all that stuff. I saw you guys put out some of your top fives and stuff before. That was that was pretty cool. Um, I, I'm yeah, not give all the credit to that on that one. 
<laughs> what can I say? Uh, that's good. That's uh, good. It's good stuff, man. I love it. We'll, we'll definitely talk. Oh, sorry, good. I was just gonna say I love I love draft stuff. So it was one of those things. I I wanted to do like a countdown to Christmas and putting on my top five, but that didn't happen <laughs> because of you know everything. But yeah. <laughs> but no, I I kind of went in and got my top five, and some of them don't matter anymore because like oh yeah they're gonna stay in college. It's like oh well okay they were like I think Jordan Battle like I I thought he was gonna go number three in this draft class mm-hmm. as a safety position, but he decided to stay. So there's obviously some flux, but. The quarterbacks, as I saw, like started to do more research in them, I was like, okay, some of these I actually really like. There's also like, like Malik Willis, I despise, I hate him. Like, I, oh really? I, I hate Malik Willis so much. I, he is oh, my God. draft like hate this season, which I like. <laughs> I got the talent, I hear it, I understand. Mm. But anytime he played anyone good, even remotely decent, he was awful. So I just, it's one of those things. He is. He, he's like on the Josh Allen-esque of like, you have to mold him properly. But to mm. me, Josh Allen is the exception. It very rarely works. So That's, I just, yeah. I don't see it. Like it, it, I see if you, if you can get him in the second round, okay. But I see some people saying he should go like number eight to the Falcons. And I despise that. Okay, I, I get that. I, he is a guy you have to build around. I, th- I think more in the the, the mold of um, Lamar Jackson, we have to like build a team around him. Yeah, completely. yeah, yeah. yeah that makes um, sense. But yeah, I understand. I, I actually think Sam Howell comps pretty good for um, Josh Allen. Um, but I've, I haven't finished my film review on him yet. But um, I, it's funny that you mentioned that, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Malik conversation, I would love to come back to that another time, definitely. Because um, I finished my film review on him, and uh, I think he's really good. So we'll, we'll let's see. But you're right about the situation, that he's a very, very, very... A lot of quarterbacks are, but very, very situational quarterback. Um, needs to be in the right scheme and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, I guess I'll just... <laughs> we got a little off track with uh, Hackett, but I'll just give my thoughts real quick. Um... People talk about him like being really good and get, getting Blake Bortles to be like a really good thing. Um, he was like he was with Doug uh, Doug Marone and the Bills before he came over as the quarterbacks coach, and then he was the offensive coordinator for uh, for the three years there. People talk about how good Bortles was with him, and sure, he put up decently good statistical years with him. But he had his best statistical year the year before he became the offensive coordinator. Um, and in and people talk about you know taking the AFC Championship game and all that stuff. But the reason we lost that AFC Championship game is because we couldn't trust Blake Bortles and Hackett. It just he couldn't trust him, and he couldn't he couldn't find the ways to make the right moves for us to keep the ball so that the Patriots wouldn't score like two times in the fourth quarter and beat us. There's, I think there's a lot of issues with him, but I mean he's, I I will say for all of that I do have issues with it. I don't think he's ever been on like a bad offense. Uh, the 2008 Jaguars were really hurt, but their offense wasn't super bad at least when we had you know Allen Robinson healthy and all that stuff. Um, but that, that, that's, is it, that, that's, I feel, I feel like uh, so overall, I guess I should give a little bit of a grade or something. I, I feel like this is a, a good hire, but I think like we've mentioned before, there are so many good candidates out there. It kind of feels weird that maybe you wouldn't settle, but like with Flores still out there with, I think, um, sorry, not Marone with, uh, Peterson out there with Caldwell out there, guys with experience, um, and, you know, going to a team that I think wants to win as soon as possible kind of feels a little weird. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add about Hackett? I know we got off a little bit, so I don't know if there's anything else y'all want to say. No, that's about it for me. Cool. All right, great. Um, cool. So <laughs> we'll talk about the least cool part of the past like three or four days, which is the Jaguars carousel. And I think I, I'm definitely more of an you know insider air quotes. Like I, I follow it more than you guys do. I'm a Jaguars fan, all that stuff. I'm curious how you guys are seeing it on the outside. Uh I'll say that. Um, yeah. What I'm seeing it as, I, I just, I see an organization that like just knows, you know, what their situation is. And I really feel like they're drawing out this like head coaching process because they know they have to land this and get it right. Because if not, then you're potentially wasting, you know, it, you know, in quotes, the most like biggest trans like transformative talent at the quarterback position, you know, in some time now, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like they're interviewing these head coaches and they're just, they're going the extra mile in order, in order to try to get it right. That's why we haven't had like an immediate hire yet. You know, they, they want to make sure like they don't fuck this one up, you know, like, like they, they had previously, you know what I mean? Oh my God. I accidentally muted Jonah. I don't know how to unmute him. Oh my God. <laughs> how did this happen? Jonah, no. Oh my God. No, I literally don't know how to unmute you. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause the recording. That, I'll, uh, I'll talk over you when I do. Uh, sorry. I'll just, I'm going to pause the recording. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.